Hey everyone, today I'm going to talk about Marx's idea of the tendential fall in the rate of profit from capital volume 3. Now before jumping into that, hi I'm David, I try to explain philosophical concepts and ideas in a way to make them accessible to you. So if you're new, and there are quite a few new people here, at least I see, uh, have joined the channel and have decided to support me. Uh, you know, comment, tell me where you're from. Give me a reason to go visit wherever you're from uh, because I need recommendations on where to visit next. Uh, if you're new here, you can go check out the some almost 300 episodes I already have up if you're interested in any of that. If you subscribe, you'll, you'll see videos I release every single week, sometimes twice a week. If you found this on YouTube, you're gonna be able to find it in podcast form pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts. Or if you found this in podcast form, you're gonna be able to find the video for this on YouTube if you're into that at all. If you wanna follow me anywhere other than here, you can find me on Instagram at the year underscore and underscore philosophy or on Twitter at David Guigno. Uh, there are links for all of these things in the description, plus links to help me out monetarily if you wanna do that for, uh, through Patreon or PayPal, but obviously no pressure to do that. Let's jump in now to this very important term within Marx's uh, entire corpus. Uh, that is the entire corpus of capital which I've also covered the other volumes uh, in their entirety, and I will start covering Capital Volume 3 maybe next week, maybe the week after. Uh, I'm gonna start that presentation for anyone interested in finding out what he says in Volume 3. So yeah, let's jump into this very important key term in Marx's work. So this idea is kind of complicated, but the idea is simply this, that as capitalist production grows, the profit rate of any industry, of any really the combination of all industries, the profit rate is going to decline, which seems kind of counterintuitive, given the fact that capitalism is ostensibly the system that generates wealth, generates capital, generates profit. The profit rate, however, uh, is a little bit different, in fact, it is just different, than the magnitude of total profits earned. Now, that's a qualification that I'm going to explain as we go on here. But in order to understand this, we need to understand Marx's very simple formula to understanding capitalist production and capitalist uh, profits, essentially. And that formula goes like this. C plus V plus S is equal to capital C. And what each of those terms mean is that C refers to the entire cost of all constant capital, that is uh, factories, machines, raw materials, all of those costs, plus V, which is the cost of labor in wages, plus S, which is the amount that is extracted on top of what is paid in wages, is going to equal capital C, the end product price of a thing or value of a thing that is sold. Now, in order to fully grasp what is going on here, it's important to understand in the entire terrain of political economy, from Adam Smith to Karl Marx, that there is a recognition that labor is the source of value, and labor is the source of wealth, really. So what that means in the capitalist mode of production, or in really any mode of production, is that machines or other fixed constant capital, constant materials, don't add value to an end product, per se, which is a point that needs to be qualified. The idea here, and this isn't just Marx, this is Ricardo, this is Adam Smith as well. What they tell us is that if you buy a machine for your business, you're gonna factor in the cost of that machine 
into all of the products that it is going to make you. So if the machine is projected to work for 10 years and will churn out X number of products, then you're gonna factor in the cost of 10 years of maintenance of that machine into 10 years of products that it is going to make. And this corresponds to the natural market price because the person who made the machine is not gonna sell it to you if they can make, if you're going to make 10, 100, maybe 1,000 times more value off of it than they are gonna get for selling it. They're gonna sell it to you knowing what you can make off of it and they're going to adjust their price accordingly because they made the machine. They know what it's going to be able to do, how long it's gonna last, you know, with some estimate. So you're gonna to need to just factor in the cost of that machine into the products you make over the duration of its lifespan. And you're also gonna to need to do this because machines are replicable. If you were to charge too much on top of what it cost you for the machine, your competitor down the road is gonna undercut you. So there's a tendency within capitalist production or any form of production really to just factor in the cost of machinery of other fixed goods like your buildings, like trucks you have, whatever. You're gonna factor in those costs into the price of things. So you aren't gonna make that much more off of them based off of your fixed capital. Where you are going to make your money and where you are going to increase the value of items is in labor. Because you can make people work harder and you can pay people less, meaning that the amount that they are gonna earn you is gonna be above and beyond what it costs to make. So if we think about this formula, C plus V plus S is equal to entire capital C, S being the amount that is extracted on top of labor, that tells us that the rate of surplus value is going to be the rate above the amount that's paid in labor that is earned in a product that is sold. So if I worked at McDonald's and I was paid 50 cents to make a burger that is then gonna be sold for a dollar, that burger, and assuming that the dollar is just gonna to refer to the amount that is extracted or sold for, for the extra labor that I'm not paid for, that burger now is worth double what it was paid for. So it has appreciated in value. It has gained value 100% above what was paid for it in terms of labor, what labor was paid for to make that burger. So the rate of surplus value in that specific case is 100%. That burger is sold for twice what it costs in terms of labor to make. Now that burger is also going to be, the end price is going to be determined by other things as well, like the machines, the cost of machines and raw materials that have gone into making that burger. So the end cost might totally be $2. So 50 cents spent on labor, a dollar spent on the actual raw materials that go into making the burger, which comes out to $1.50 of $2, still means that 50 cents is what is earned on top of all of the costs. But the rate of profit in this case, when you consider the entire enterprise here, when you consider all the costs of production, is now not 50 cents in comparison to the dollar. It is now 50 cents in comparison to $2, which means that the rate of profit is gonna be different than the rate of surplus value. Surplus value is still 
It is the amount that is extracted on top of what is paid for in labor. But the profit rate is the comparison between what is made at the end of the day in profit in comparison to the entire cost of production, which is 50 cents to $2, which is 25%. Now, I hope that that's pretty clear up till now. That is the distinction between profit rate and surplus value. Uh, the distinction is, it's not totally important for what we're really want to understand here, that is the decline in the profit rate, but it's still important to know. So what does he mean then when he says that the profit rate will naturally decline? Like I said, it seems counterintuitive. Well, imagine this. If I were to be a business owner selling burgers and I made 50 cents off of every burger sold, I'm not going to go and spend that 50 cents on a yacht somewhere or, or, or on trips all the time. I mean, that would be a bad business move. You're gonna allocate some of that money back into your business to make your business more efficient so that your machines work better. You know, you can make more burgers with fewer people. So you pay less in terms of wages. You might pay a little more on your infrastructure, on your machinery, everything like that. And so what we see then is a difference in the proportion between what was once spent on fixed constant capital, the C, and now the V, we see a proportion shift between the two, where now more money is gonna be spent on C as industry grows. It makes sense, industry will get bigger, it'll cost more to keep everything uh, running, it'll cost more for uh, ventilation, for your buildings, for your machines, and so on, and machines, make it more expensive and, and so on. And you are gonna be able to make more of the same products with less labor. So how does this translate into less profit or a lessening or a reduction in the rate of profit? It means that because value is earned through labor and labor is coming down, you know, you're able to make more things with fewer hands, it means that less value is being made in these new products. And again, this isn't just Marx. This is Adam Smith, David Ricardo understood this as well. If you have fewer laborers, there's gonna be less value actually replicated, actually produced in the products that are being made, which means that the cost of goods is gonna come down. And this is the kind of the tendency of capitalist production. Things are made more efficiently and the cost of buying them is gonna come down. Or you think of the Walmart slogan, you know, we're always slashing our prices. And to some extent, when you factor in inflation, that is true. This also means though, that the comparison between what is earned on sold products or the entirety of all sold products between that and the entire cost of the entire industry is going to be further and further apart. Where profit numbers are actually gonna come down in terms of each individual product sold as costs of other things are going to come up. And so what we see is that the comparison, because it gets bigger between the two, we see the tendency of the profit rate to fall. And Marx identified this as an incommensurable contradiction of capitalist production. I mean, it can only go for so long before the industry will collapse, before it will lead to overproduction because you know it becomes so efficient it's going to make so many goods 
and there are fewer and fewer and fewer workers actually earning salaries, which means there are fewer and fewer people who are gonna be able to actually buy the things that are being made by this industry, and this will produce overproduction, which is going to produce crises, where there's suddenly all this stock, nobody's buying it, um, it's gonna create a situation in which prices have to come down, but below their natural value in order to sell them, and it'll just produce a whole mess within this mode of production. Now, it's important to note as well that because the profit rate has come down, this does not mean that the rate of surplus value has come down as well. Because you might have fewer and fewer workers, but you might be actually working them harder. So there are fewer workers, and they're you know, gonna be working longer hours. Maybe you're gonna make it so that they're you know, you, you put them under more surveillance and make them work extra hard. So you're extracting even more labor, more value out of them. But because there are fewer of them, the end magnitude of all of that value is going to be lower, even though the rate is higher. So instead of earning 50 cents, as I did with the burger example, uh, or the capitalist earned on top of my labor, now suddenly you have somebody who can then churn out 10 burgers in that time you know, and they're, uh, you're extracting a lot more value from that one worker because the machines have gotten more efficient. So surplus value has gotten up, gone up, the rate of it has gone up, while the rate of profit value is, the profit rate has gone down, which is an important point to kind of uh, recognize how that can happen, how you can have the rate of surplus value go up as the profit rate comes down. So why does profit decrease at the rate that it does? I mean, to any sensible person, it would seem like this is just untenable, like this cannot go on, it's not sustainable. Well, there are ways for capitalist production to mitigate these, uh, the crisis that will be produced from this. And he gives us six possible uh, ways that capitalism can actually stave off the inevitable crises that it will produce through this uh, contradiction or because of this contradiction. So one thing that it can do is just intensify exploitation, make workers work even harder so that more and more profit is earned. The capitalist needs to be making a lot of profit to match their growing industry so that their profit rate remains high. But that is not, you know, that's not sustainable because workers can only work so hard. But in any case, that's one way to stave off this, the inevitable crisis. Another thing that the capitalists could do is rely more on credit. So they take out more money so that they can you know, pay for more labor. They could maybe even um, you know, rely on more money instead of spending more money on constant capital on their industry or anything like that. Another thing that they can do is they can rely more heavily upon refraining from actually spending money on their own industry and instead just keeping to use, keep using more uh, wage labor in order to keep the profit rate high. They could also seek to reduce the cost of machinery, you know, so that the actual cost that ends up in the final product remains low and the profit rate then remains still somewhat high. They could simply reduce wages so that the end product costs even less to make and the profit rate can then stay high. Or they could rely more on trade where they can get products for cheaper or sell them for more expensive to keep the profit rate high. These are all strategies that can be employed in order to keep the profit rate relatively high and to stave off these possible crises. Now, if you consider all industry put together, not all industry is going to be able to do this. It's going to be limited by its own uh, contradictions. That is, labor can only work so hard, 
the amount of labor that can be extracted from any given person is going to be is going to be limited. Uh, resources are going to resources are going to be limited, and so on. And so all it, all these strategies will do is just keep kicking the can down the road of the problems that capitalism is going to confront. Now I have some questions I want to pose to the audience here because I don't really know how this squares with present day industry, specifically when we consider the gig economy, in which there is a decline in the actual money spent on constant capital, like in the case of Uber, where Uber doesn't own any cars, they have very few costs, and almost all of their costs go into variable capital, almost go in entirely to paying wages. How do we then make sense of this declining rate of profit if the declining rate of profit is contingent upon a growing industry, a growing amount that is spent on constant capital? How do we make sense of this? Is this uh, a sign that there is a strategy to get out of this declining rate of profit? Because remember as well, Uber doesn't really turn a profit, which complicates the entire thing even further. And I'd be curious if anyone has any answer to this question. Uh, how do we actually make sense of this decline in the rate of the profit, this tendential decline in the rate of profit in the world of Uber or Airbnb? where there are no costs actually spent, or very few costs spent on constant capital, and it's pretty much all spent on wages. I'd be very curious to see what anyone has to say about that. So if you feel like sharing, I'd love to, I'd love to hear about it. And uh, yeah, that pretty much covers that term. I hope I was clear. Uh, if there's anything I forgot, I'd love to hear about it. Anything that I got wrong, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, or if you just like what I did, I'd like to hear about it. Or if you don't like me, you could tell me, that's fine. I won't be too offended. And yeah, catch you next time. Take care.